If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Hey everyone, it's Jen Foster here, and I am so excited to talk to you guys today about the future of publishing. Now we have an expert on the subject, and she's going to tell us a lot about NFTs, bookstores, book printing, all of the ins and outs of what it's going to look like in the next 10 years or more for future of publishing. And I'm really excited to introduce her because she's my business partner, Melanie Johnson, and she's also a Wall Street Journal USA Today bestselling author, as well as a 15-time international bestselling author. And a little a little interesting fact, she was Miss Michigan as well. So Melanie, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks so much, Jen. I appreciate it. I'm really excited and pumped to talk about all this, deconstruct all of this, and go through all the bits and pieces of what we think the future of publishing is going to look like. Yeah. Let's start off with the big question that everyone wants to know, which yeah. is the actual publishing houses. What do you think it's going to look like in the future for the big box publishing houses versus self-publishing hybrid publishers? Yeah. And the independent publishing houses, I think we're seeing it already and it's happening in many industries because these big box publishers, they move slow. They're like big giants. So they're trying to keep up with technology and moving. And we've seen it so many times in our business of all the innovations that we see in the publishing industry that we keep up on. And we're like, why are not the big publishing houses putting eight videos and seven photographs on the author's page? So what I think you're going to see is these big publishing houses are going to start to gobble up small independent publishers and make them have an imprint underneath them. So that way they can be more diversified, they can be more nimble, and they can speak to more needs in the marketplace. So that's what I think is going to happen with the big publishing houses. Then I would say with independent publishers like us and other independent publishers, I think as we stay innovative, some of us are going to rise up to the top and become bigger and niche focused and really become these independent large publishing houses, so to speak. So you're going to have the traditional where they take all the royalties and they give you some money for the book up front, but they expect you to market it. And then you're going to have big size independent publishing companies that are going to let the creators and celebrities and influencers, everything have control of their intellectual property, where they're going to be able to have all control of the creative process and the work with teams like ours to make their vision come to light and keep all the royalties to their property. So we're seeing it in so many different areas. There's platforms starting up for creators and for people to go on where they can have their own private groups. Like Discord is coming up. Discord is like a Twitter, but it's like a Facebook group, Twitter group. If you don't, are not familiar with Discord, it was really used in the gaming industry. And what they do is it's like a chatter. So they're talking back and forth and all that. And I believe you're going to see more of that going on where they can have their people in a membership area 
right? It's okay. I have my Instagram. I have Facebook. I have YouTube, but then they're going to have their own private membership area with exclusive content there that they can control everything. And so that's what you're going to see in the publishing industry too. They're going to want something that they can control hundred percent and they can have all the royalties and they're not dictated to by these other big publishing houses and having to go through all the chains of command of that. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about community because you know, I hadn't heard of Discord and I'm old school, so I always think of it as a forum, but it's more than a forum. It's like a super forum Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you can share videos and audios and whatever, all images, different things. So explain a little bit about community and why that's important for future publishing. Yeah, it's really important, I think, for publishing and anything else that you're doing, because if you're growing that community and getting that excitement and feeling the support in there, then it's going to help grow your platform for your book, for your other products, your other services. And it's a special place to go where people can really find out what's going on with that particular niche. And I'm seeing Discord blowing up recently. Gary V is using it. He used it to help launch his NFT project, non-fungible tokens. He used it to help launch his book. So he has what he calls his community in the discord and he sends special messages to them that aren't anywhere else. And his discord is free. So you can have a free discord and then you can branch off and have a membership. But as you build this sense of community, you're really building that following and building that connectivity where where they can get special information, feel like they're being educated, feel like they're being inspired with your brand. And it's just another way to build your brand through community. I love that. I think that's super important, especially if you want to have repeat readers, readers who are engaged, readers who want more, want to buy your courses, your products, your services, or your multiple books that are coming out later. So you mentioned a couple words in there that I think sounded like a foreign language. So (laughs) what is a non-fungible token? And NFTs is what a few people are talking about. I think more and more people are going to be talking about them. Let's talk a little bit about that and dive into that. Sure. And I want to say the discord and community is really tied into the NFT marketing strategy. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. And the way I like to explain it is there's a couple different ways. If you have kids, if you're not enough to play video games, anyone who has knows anyone who plays video games within a video game, they're buying weapons, they're buying skins to dress themselves in different ways. And all these things are digital, right? You can't feel them like I can feel this pen. It's a digital asset. It lives on the computer. It lives on the cloud. And you're buying these, but they represent you in the game. So they give you status. They help you win. They help you fight in the game. But someone sees you and you're creating this persona using these digital assets. So an NFT is really that. And the NFTs in the big, broader scope of things is considered to be artwork, could be a book, could be music, could be a a ticket to a concert. So it could be anything that's not tangible that you're not feeling with your hand. So the thing is, you're going to end up having these display areas, so to speak, online, like you do in a video game, of all your non-fungible tokens. So these tokens live on the blockchain and you buy them through cryptocurrency. So to say... Let's say you create a piece of artwork and it's digital artwork. You put it on a platform called OpenSea and OpenSea is the place where people can buy and sell them. So think of it like Christie's auction house or maybe like eBay or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. eBay, because you can bid on it, things like that. It's like the uh, NFT world for the eBay world for NFTs. But then to be able to buy it, you need to have the digital currency of Ethereum. So you need to go somewhere like Coinbase, open an account, and then purchase some Ethereum. So you'll connect it to your bank account. Your bank account will get dinged for however much money you want to put into Ethereum. Then you'll put Ethereum into a wallet. I like to use MetaMask. So MetaMask is really easy to use. So you'll put some Ethereum into the MetaMask. So it's like taking money from your bank account and then you're charging it with your charge card. Your MetaMask is kind of like your charge card. And what is is Ethereum though? Is it a... Is cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. It's a type okay. of cryptocurrency. There's Bitcoin, which is a big cryptocurrency, but you can't buy an NFT with Bitcoin. You really have to buy it with Ethereum. There are a few other random coins out there that you can buy with, but they're very random. So I highly suggest almost every one NFT can be bought with Ethereum. So then your money's in your MetaMask wallet, and then you go to OpenSea, you connect your wallet, to OpenSea. And then once you've done that, then you can pick an NFT that you would like to purchase. And then you'll purchase it from the Ethereum, which is your money, so to speak, from your MetaMask wallet, the Ethereum to buy the NFT. And now you're like, what do I do with that NFT? It's just a digital asset. You can print it. You can spread it around anywhere you want. You can display it. Another way to think of NFTs are like baseball trading cards. So people collect trading cards all the time. They've been doing this for decades and they collect them. Some are more valuable than others. And it's really the supply and the demand. There's a uh, thing that came out called CryptoPunks, which are a bunch of trading cards. There are about 10,000 of them that they minted. They have to be minted for them to be purchased. And they sold for just a few hundred dollars. Now, if you want to buy a CryptoPunk, you have to spend about a million dollars to get one CryptoPunk card or token. Wow. Well, a lot of these projects are coming out. My son recently did one called Goat Society. Goat Society sold out in five minutes. The whole project sold out for $3.2 million. And goat stands for greatest of all time. So they had all these kind of animated goats that look like famous people, Marilyn Monroe, the greatest of all time. <laughs> exactly. Muhammad Ali, all these people. And then right away, people were reselling them for two, three, four, five thousand $5,000. So that's a whole nother under market. There's the market of creating them and selling them. And then there's the market of buying them and reselling them. And almost like you'd buy and sell a stock or an asset or a trading card. There's that whole market to the NFTs. I know we're going to get into it further. How is the book publishing company going to be transformed with NFTs and how are authors and publishing houses going to leverage this new technology? Because this new technology is not going away. The other part that comes with it is a smart contract. So the difference is when an artist say paints a painting and I sold it to Jen, if I was the artist and Jen paid a thousand dollars for it, and then she found someone else that would pay her $10,000 for it. Jen would be great. I made $9,000, but me as the artist, I still only made a thousand. It made my artwork seem like it's more valuable, but I did not make any money on the resale. But with NFTs on the smart contract and the contract lives on the blockchain, so it's all coded, then the artist can continue to get 10%, 20% royalty 
every single time that piece of art gets resold. So it's a continuation for a music artist, a graphic artist, for a sports person to continue to get royalties every time that digital piece of artwork or token gets resold. So you're creating this reoccurring income that can last for a long time. Yeah, I love that. And I think learning more and more about NFTs, if you haven't heard about them before, when you research them, you're just blown away at how many people are using these assets, these digital assets to create a life, to create income that's generating over and over again. And don't feel bad if you don't know what an NFT is. As we're recording this, maybe five to 10% of the population know what it is. It's really been exploding in 2021. It had been around for the last three to four years, but has really moved to the forefront this year. A lot of celebrities and different people are catching on. It was in the news that a piece of artwork sold for $69 million, and that got a lot of people's attention. So this is the new technology. I will tell you this. It's not going away, so you better learn it. It's like the internet. If you thought, oh, I remember my mom who was in her 80s, she's, I'm not going to learn that internet stuff. It's just a fad. It wasn't just a fad, mom. It stayed around. And this is considered to be the internet 3.0. You've got to start to get your head wrapped around it. I think you're going to be seeing real estate contracts done with these smart contracts on the blockchain. You're going to be selling insurance. You're going to be selling pretty much everything is going to have a smart contract to it. Yeah. I recently just saw an interview with Bill Gates and the Tonight Show with, I got to think of his name. Jimmy Fallon? No, the guy before him. Oh, Jay Leno. No, the other Tonight Show. (laughs) Oh, different than the Tonight Show. Okay. Anyway. It's the other, it's the late night or- I can, why I can't, I never can think of names, but they just did an, an interview and he's laughing at him, laughing at Bill Gates, telling him, oh, what this internet thing, huh? Who's going to watch it? Who's going to listen to a baseball game on the streaming on the internet? What, what about the radio? And he's laughing and it's hilarious interview because yeah, the internet is pretty huge deal now. And back in whatever that was 94 or something, 96, I think it actually was aired. Yeah. People didn't really believe or know anything about the internet. So that's how NFTs are. So let's tie in the book publishing industry. How is it going to work? for you to have, or what would you do to sell your book as an NFT? Yeah. And it's the wild west. Okay. So all the ideas are new. You have to throw things out there, see what works. You have to have an open mind, but there are a ton of ideas of what you can do. So as an author, whether you're fiction or nonfiction, so you can sell your book But let's decode this. Like, you're like, how would I sell my book? Is it a physical book or is it a digital book? So what I'm recommending is that it would be a digital copy of your book with artwork, but the artwork would be something special. So let's start with a fiction book. I think that's easier for people to wrap their heads around. So you have a fiction book and then from the fiction book, you may develop, we'll call them like trading cards, but they're really tokens, NFTs of each character that's in your book. You could create multiple cards, like trading cards for each character in the book. So, because some of these can be considered rare. So if you have one that's got a different design of that character or is doing something. Different expression. 
Yes. Holding something, doing something in a specific place. So you could have 10, 20, a hundred for each character that comes that's in your book. You could have locations in your book. You could have excerpts from your book. So you have all these cards and that they can be collectible. So it's like, think of gosh, Harry Potter, think of all the cards that they could have that could be collectible cards. I think they Mm -hmm. even print cards that are physical cards for that book, but if they were NFTs, but then they could unlock secret content to the book that's not in the book. So it could be a continuation of something, maybe a backstory of a character that nobody knows that's going to get unlocked when they buy this NFT. It could be that they're going to get an audio book with it or a special audio rendition of it or a special message from the character in the character's voice that comes with it. So there's a variety of things you can do that way. Now let's transition and say from nonfiction book, we always tell our authors to have a back end to their book, whether it's speaking, digital content, a digital course, they may have events or PDFs that go along that they can have ancillary information. So if you offer, say, bundle some things together with your nonfiction book, again, you're going to make a card and it could be... um, This graphic artwork could be special additions to the different cover. We go through a whole reiteration of different covers to get to the final cover. So you could have all these different reiterations of the cover, and then each one comes with something different. But you could have a hundred that come with the same thing that you get my digital course, you get coaching, or you get free tickets to every event that I do. And then the next wave gets something else with it. So you have different things that go with each grouping that they have. Now, a lot of people are like, I'm only going to make one. I'm only going to mint one. Why would you just mint one? I know there's a thing called gas fees involved, which means you have to pay to upload it. Unlike when you upload your book to Amazon, that's free. There is fees like with Ingram when you upload a book, but there's a fee when you upload an image. And that's called minting. You were saying before, Uh you're minting it. Yep. You're minting it. So there's a fee there, but if you're going to do it, I would suggest do more than one, have a series or something to try it out. Cause one, I think is uneventful, especially for the book industry. My thing would be, if you're going to spend that marketing time, why are you going to market just to sell one? you need to sell more than that. There was one author who sold their book and they sold it for $7,200. Just And that was just one, they were trying it out. So there is a market out there. I think it's testing and measuring and seeing what works for you. So there's a lot of different ways you can tie the audio book to it. You can tie courses to it. You can tie like events to it. I think Gary V was giving away a ticket to every event that he's giving away. So you have a, like, a ticket for perpetuity. So a lot of different things, you just have to think outside the box. Yeah. And I think that's the key to the future of publishing is thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and not thinking old school way of print only. There's eBooks and PDFs and all sorts of different things. So have, what are some ideas of how we can, how you can leverage different ways to sell your book? We've got the regular print book that's going to go to print bookstores or print on demand. you got the eBook and then PDFs. What are some ways like people can leverage that and sell more? This is what I think the future is going. And I've seen examples of this recently. Again, it's why do I need Amazon? They're telling themselves. Sure. But as you grow your community, it goes back to that community. You're growing your community and then you offer the ebook on your website And they don't have to go through Amazon. If you have enough people in your community, I know someone who's selling an NFT book and they're selling 
$10,000 worth of their ebook every month so far. And it's only on their website. It's exclusive to their community and the people who join their community that they can get this book. So I think you're going to see books available on just those platforms. Again, let's say JLo writes a book or Mark Cuban writes a book and they don't put it on Amazon for everybody else. They have exclusivity and you can only get it here and they're making 100% of the money. Not to mention the ebook, but you could have the audio book there too. So they both could live on your website or on your Discord. We have those people are usually they're advertising it on their Instagram. And so people click the link in their Instagram, goes to their landing page, and they get the ebook. So you might not have as big of an audience, but as you do on Amazon, but then you're competing against all those other people between Barnes and Noble and Amazon and the other 40,000 places that books are sold. So this is more exclusive as you spend money to grow your community. You're getting two things. You're getting a community that you can sell to over and over again. And Amazon doesn't tell you who bought your book. But if they're buying the book, the audiobook or the ebook on your website, now you're growing your email list and your community at the same time. So I'm seeing that's going to be more and more the wave of the future. I think they'll still be selling books on Amazon and Ingram and all the bookstores. I don't think that's going away, but I think you're going to be seeing exclusive content in these communities. Awesome. And talking about bookstores, I know bookstores, a lot of people think their bookstores are going out. A lot of malls are closing or stores are being closed and other things are getting moved in. Not a retail store, like offices and stuff. So what do you think the future of bookstores are? And I'm talking big box and mm -hmm. small mom and pop, little small bookstores. I think the big stores, I think that's a great question. The big bookstores, I think there's going to be a transition that their inventory is going to get smaller their footprint is going to get smaller. Like they're not going to have these huge stores. You may see some of that still around like a, you know, a Costco size bookstore, but it'll be very unusual. It might be in big cities. I think they're going to spend less on their rent. They're going to get smaller, but they'll have, instead of carrying multiple copies of a lot of book, all these books, right. And they're having limited amount. I think what they're going to do is have less books, but then it'll be like a sample. And then you'll go through and order it because there's some of us that you get a preview online, but you still want to touch, feel it and see what it looks like. So I think they're going to have digital kiosk at the bookstores that you'll be shopping together. So you still have that bookstore feel and maybe you can see the sample of the book, but you're going to have to order it online. I think that's going to be the difference. And then I think you may be leaning towards this later in the interview, but I think they're going to start to use data more and more because they're going to figure out what books are really selling as artificial intelligence gets more and more refined, they're going to start to hone in to see what's really selling. And on that end, I think the books are going to have to be better quality. When the border to entry to, to publish books went down and Amazon came out and you didn't have to go through a publicist and get a, an agent and go through traditional publishing, you could just publish your book. A lot of not very good books out there. I remember the first ebook I got, it was like four pages. I'm like, that's not a book. That's like a, like a PDF of something. So I think you're going to see less and less of that. I think you're going to see, we've already seen Amazon cutting down on low content books. And I think they're going to demand higher quality come out. And then you're going to see the data and Amazon's going to keep using the data of what's selling and that's what they're going to promote. And so I think you're going to see more of that. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit about artificial intelligence or AI. So let's talk about AI for a minute because 
A lot of people don't really understand AI or understand what it can do or what it really means. So what actually is artificial intelligence? <laughs> yeah, I guess I need Webster to give the exact <laughs> definition of it, but it's like the computer thinks for you. And our world, it's writing for you. It's writing for you and doing research for you. Just like Google is a search engine, you type something in and it spits out the results. So with AI for writing, you're going to put in a phrase and it's going to give you multiple different ways to say the same thing. We're using that already in social media where we've got different things that we use that way. But where I think it's going to go to is pretty soon you're going to put, you're going to write some things down for a book and it will write all or part of a book for you. I'm not gonna say that it's ever gonna replace ghostwriting or book coaches or the regular writer, but I think it's really gonna aid us. Think about Grammarly now for just to correct the grammar in writing. So think of if you start with a book idea and you're starting to put it together, I think it's gonna be really advanced. Actually, Jen, I don't know if you remember when you and I, before we even went into business together, there was some like application that was marketed to me. And I'm like, let's do this. It says, if you put so much information in, it'll write the book for you. And we did this, we tried it. We're like, okay, the yeah. book is about this. And we put this in there and then it spit it out. We're like, oh, that's terrible. It didn't <laughs> make sense at all. No, but I think that the AI now would probably work. <laughs> yeah. But the AI six, seven years ago, it was a little, that program was just a little off. It was like for specific type of book. Yeah. So think about it. If you could have AI do the research for you to put it all in. So I think you're going to have research that will automatically go in for topics that will pull out all this data for you that you can put in your book. I think if you put in different things that it will spit out chapters, paragraphs, mm -hmm. all of that is going to be coming better ways to say things. Again, the I think it will help with the quality. I think there'll be some quality, but you're still going to need editing after you do it. But I see that coming. And I think that in the next five years, you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, for sure. And I know for me, we've been publishing now for seven years. We've had our company almost yeah. eight years. And I don't think I've written any of the books that we've published of our own books. I've talked most of them and I've right. used artificial intelligence to talk them. So I think... That'll probably get faster. What's your opinion on like transcription services and that kind of thing? Yeah, we've been big on transcription services to help authors since we began because so many people, they're not writers or want to take the time to write. And what happens when you're writing, you tend to do a sentence over and over again, a paragraph over and over again, crumple it up, throw it away, start over. I don't know if that's good. Second guessing yourself. But if you're just talking a story or talking your content and wisdom out, it just flows because you talk about it all the time about your expertise. And then if it's transcribed, then it's easy to go back and then edit it. You've got all the thought process out there. I think with the tools that we use right now, we use Otter and a few other tools that it's Otter's very good, but it's not perfect. I think that's going to get more and more refined because there's always, sometimes we go back in the transcription and go, what, what, what did that say? That doesn't make any sense. Or it needs so, different like, periods or different like transitions and different conjugated, whatever, all the stuff, the grammar stuff, yep. all the stuff the editor has to do. So I think that's going to continue to get better. And there's going to be even more tools coming out that will help us above and beyond what we're using now. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about multi-channel publishing. Because one thing we haven't talked about yet is podcasting. 
So where do you see podcasting going? I know that's been around for a while. It's a big buzz. Where do you see that going? I think what we're going to see is multi-channel publishing that allows consumers access to content through not Amazon and bookstores. You're going to see it on mobile apps. It's like I said, on their websites, it's going to be on their social media, their, they may, may be talking their book out on a podcast, right? They may do not all the book, but they may do a lot of the book. Why not? It's, I look at myself, I consume certain things on YouTube. I consume certain things on podcast. I consume certain things still with reading material. I still that's paper. So everybody consumes different types of content on different platforms. So I think it's really safe to say to you're to put your book in different places, to read your book. Audio is going to continue to get bigger and bigger. So read your book on YouTube, read your book on a podcast, talk about your book, explain it on all those platforms. So I think you also have to know where your people are, right? Because if your people aren't on TikTok, don't be doing anything about your book on TikTok. That's not where your people are. Spend your energy where your people are. Have live streaming now. So I'm sure... Every year, there seems like there's something new. This year, we had Clubhouse that seemed like it was on fire. And now it's just died down. I don't hear anybody talking about Clubhouse anymore. I know people are doing it, but I just don't hear a lot of chatter about it anymore. So there's always going to be something new. You have to decide if that's your audience, if that's where your people are, and that's where you should put things about your book on. I like that. We haven't talked about diversity yet. How do you see diversity playing a role in the future? Gosh, I think in the publishing industry, I think you're going to see publishers, publishing houses that are specific to one segment. And I even see that now with the big publishing houses, as I talked about earlier, they've gobbled up in another publishing company and made it an imprint. And maybe it's just business books. Maybe it's just Hispanic books. Maybe it's just African-American books. So they're niching in to those silos. And that's where I see you're going to see more and more of it going. As much as I think our company is very diverse, we have books from people from all backgrounds, but I see that that might not be the case moving forward, that they might just be segmented off into these other areas. That's what I'm thinking. But I also think that with all the technology, it's going to open it up to communities and different groups that maybe weren't as writing as much as they were, or didn't think it was possible for them to write a book. So I think you're going to see more and more of that come to light where people who thought it was out of their reach to do will be able to do it. I like that. Now, what about you talk about community and let's go back to community because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people feel like, okay, I have this great book and Mm -hmm. I'm going to publish it and everyone's going to buy it. And I'm going to sell a million copies and I'm going to be a millionaire. And that's what most authors are thinking, right? What about the part where I think you and I went to a big conference for Amazon and we learned more about Amazon selling than Amazon books. But the very first thing they talked about was who's going to buy your product or service, right? So who is going to read your book? And I think authors miss that. So how can people use that community or, or whether it's social media or NFTs or Discord or what, but how can they get more engagement and actually get those sales for their book. You know what? I think part of it, we just did an interview on this. It's outside of retail. So you have, you have retail channels, right? We've got the Amazon, the Barnes and Noble and Ingram and all of that. There's retail and bookstores and different places you can sell your book. And then there's non-retail. 
So non-retail is really finding community, not just communities, but corporations, businesses, associations, schools, other platforms that will be interested in buying your book. You can sell it on your website. You can sell it off of Twitter. It's gaining that community, but then spreading yourself out, opening yourself up to other communities. So you're building your community, but you have to be open to putting yourself out into other communities to expand your reach. So I'm going to use an example. We have an author who has a book about World War II. If you want to sell that book on World War II, you can make a community all about World War II and you post different things about that and content from your book and you get people from the outside coming to you that are interested in World War II. But then on the other flip side of that is you need to turn outward and go, gosh, there's probably a veterans association that just gears towards people for World War II. I wonder if there's a Facebook group that just other groups that post about World War II. Are there other communities that are interested in World War II and historians? Maybe there's history groups. So you have to turn yourself outward and join other communities to build your platform, to get connected to everybody else and join your own community, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I've also seen where people will piggyback off someone else's community. I think you have a story. I know you've told it once before to me, but I don't know all the details about someone who sold their book with a cracker company or something, a cookbook. Do you remember that story? Yes. So someone, their book was soup cookbook and they partnered with Nabisco. And Nabisco gave their book for every so many box tops or whatever it was that they got the cookbook. And he sold something like 10,000 books. So I think it's thinking the future of publishing is really thinking outside the box. So it's outside the box technology wise and staying up on innovation. Some of it's here to stay. Some of it's not. NFTs are definitely here to stay. The blockchain is here to stay. A smart contract is here to stay. Some of these other social media platforms, they may stay. They may not. They may be popular for a little bit. They might go, but it's thinking outside that box. Who else can I market to? So there's technology, but then what's old school? Maybe I should be mailing out my book to a thousand people that could possibly be my client. If you're in the real estate business, I get these cards all the time from realtors. I'm like, I just throw them away. And, but if they sent me a book, I would keep the book because there's a perceived value. I believe a book will always have a perceived value, whether it's now or it's a hundred years from now, there's going to be a perceived value in a book. I have one of my sons, he's professed that he's, I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. I hate to read. He just bought a book that he started joining this thing where he had to read 10 pages a day because his community of his business partners all, dude, we're all going to read a book. You got to read 10 pages a day. His mom, in t- two days, this book has changed my life. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a book can do for you. It can change your life. It can educate you in a different way. Even if you like to consume audio and things, it just consumes you in a different way. So you can watch a YouTube video, but reading a book or even listening to a book can change your life in such a different way than any other medium can. I love that. Any last words you want to give anyone, everyone that's listening about the future of publishing? So the future of publishing, like I said, is make sure you know what an NFT is. You're going to hear more and more about that. We're going to be publishing books as an NFT as part of our platform. You'll publish the regular way, but you're also going to have an NFT version when you start to work with us coming up this next year. So make sure you really 
stay on top of this. Make sure you choose a publisher that is on top of technology that knows some of the language that we've been talking about. Because if they don't, then they're not going to serve you the best. You need to be with a publishing house that is really innovative and is serving you the best that you can. So think outside the box. Think of things that you've never thought before. Consume as much information as you can and talk to the right people. That's what I would say. Awesome. Thanks, Melanie. Do you have a free giveaway for the VIP area? I do. I have my book, The Life Legacy Challenge. It tells part of my story, but what it's going to do for you is really give you tips on how to tell your own story and write your own book. So I highly suggest it. A gentleman got my book in a prison in Japan. He was a U.S. citizen who ended up in prison in Japan. I don't know how he got a hold of my book, but he wrote me a letter saying how inspired he was by getting my book and now he was writing his story. So that's the power of a book and I hope you enjoy that book. Awesome, thanks Melanie, thanks for being on. Thank you. If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you.